It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back with Yahoo Sports handicapper Minty Betts. She's here to help us break down NFL Week Eight. I had a pretty good Week Seven, went three and two in the Circa Millions contest. But how did you do, Minty? Uh I did. I got destroyed last week, so it was not fun. But luckily, I've had a profitable week basically every week up until last week. So uh, I'm feeling okay. I'm 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 okay. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's been a struggle for me this year. Uh, the sides are doing okay. I'm five games over 500 in the millions. Um, doing pretty good in the player props, but I've been kind of pushing that stuff towards the back burner. I have a pretty boring uh, card here in week eight. I'm just betting sides, and my reasoning for it is because I'm kind of swamped with all the other sports going on between the NBA, the World Series. I'm still pretty active in golf, college football. So I haven't had the chance to dive into the player props and kind of like sink my teeth into the matchups. I'm just focused on sides because I'm in these NFL contests. But three and two last week, Minty, I hit with the Chicago or hit with the Cleveland Browns plus six and a half at the Baltimore Ravens, missed with the Atlanta Hawks excuse me, Atlanta Falcons, plus six and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. I connected with the Titans, laying two and a half at home against the Colts. Hit the Steelers on Monday Night Football, plus seven at the Miami Dolphins, and uh, whiffed with the Chargers, pretty epically, minus five, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. So I was eight and one in weeks five and six. Uh, Took a step back in week seven, but... I'm pretty confident about what I got going on here. Uh, I will admit, though, there are a couple square picks um, that I have good analysis for, but I don't know. It feels pretty public, some of the sides that I'm on. So hopefully yeah. the, the public does well this week. Yeah, I, uh, I this week I liked a lot of games, but I also felt very, some of the lines seemed very trappy. So I think um, this week I'm looking more to totals because these sides I love, but it also seems very fishy. Yeah, you're right. I'm taking, I'm stepping in it here with a couple of these picks. I can tell you that. Um, but before we, we break down the NFL week eight slate, let me, let me pay some bills here and shout out to a new sponsor that we have here at the Outkick Bets Podcast, prize picks. Um, football season is in full swing, and it's time to start cashing in your favorite players with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. Simply pick two or more players and decide if they will score more or less than their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. All first-time users that deposit and use promo code OutkickBets will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. Entries on Prize Picks can be made in seconds, and they offer fast and 
safe withdrawals. Download it today and don't forget to use our promo code OutkickBets for a special welcome bonus. And you can also get a welcome bonus to our sponsor, Sportsbooks. Um, two sponsored sports books we are connected with here at Outkick. The first one being DraftKings Sportsbook, which all the odds that I provide today will be um, from DraftKings. You can win $200 in free bets if you bet $5 or more or more on any NFL money line. Uh, if that team wins, you'll receive $200 in free bets. And also you can receive a $1,000 deposit bonus through DraftKings Sportsbook. And PointsBet Sportsbook also offers two risk-free bets of up to $2,000. You can access access those promotions by uh, visiting outkick.com backslash bet. Also, again, check out prize picks and use our promo code OutkickBets to receive a 100% instant deposit bonus of up to $100. All right, Minty, let's start breaking down this NFL Week 8. So I'm going to start first. I have five picks. You have four. I'm going to go with the one that I'm least confident in. It's probably the squarest analysis, but it's the funnest game that I have to talk about. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. It's a Monday night football game. The Cincinnati Bengals are up to three and a half point favorites. Um, they started at minus three, and then the market is all over the Bengals. I forewarned you, Minty, and the listeners that I'm going to have a couple square picks here on my card, and this is definitely the squarest of them. I'm probably stepping in it here, laying the points on a primetime game after the Bengals just housed the Atlanta Falcons. It's also pretty square to pick the team that you bet against the week before after that team beat you. So if anyone's being like, Jeff, come on, are you just are you just upset that the Falcons won and or, or Falcons lost and um, are a little, I don't know, just too taken aback by how the Cincinnati Bengals performed? And I think that's a fair uh, thing to criticize me for, but... Again, I'm just going narrative-based here. I do think there's going to be a separation between the haves and the have-nots starting at this starting this week. Also, Cleveland apparently has had some locker room issues about like leadership. Uh, this whole Jacoby Brissett thing started out pretty well, but it's starting to it's starting to reach its breaking point here with the Cleveland franchise, and they they need Deshaun Watson to step in from a from a football perspective, right? Maybe not a, a locker room leadership perspective, but um, I think what they mean is leadership at the quarterback position in terms of like handling the huddle. And that's something that I have a lot more faith in Sean Watson for, but the real, like, I guess reason why I like the Cincinnati Bengals, it's all motivation for me, Minty. So I thought this is interesting. Joe Burrow has never beaten the Cleveland Browns. He's 0 three. Isn't that kind of surprising? That is very surprising, actually. He's also, he's never played on Monday Night Football. Really? He's been in the league for, what, three three seasons now? Yeah. Yeah, he got yeah. injured. He got knocked out halfway through his rookie season. But, like, he was wow. a rookie, first pick. But, you know, no one's going to put Cincinnati Bengals in prime time on Monday Night Football like before Joe Burrow like lifted the curse. Now that yes. they went to the yeah. Super Bowl, they're going to be in primetime games moving forward. So the way that I see this, go with me on this, because this is so cheesy. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I just kind of talk myself into it. So for these primetime games, 
these players and coaches have like pre-production meetings with the the broadcasters, right? Mm-hmm. And the new broadcast team of Monday Night Football is Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, which I don't mm-hmm. think Joe, like I don't think Cincinnati Bengals have played on Fox and played um, in a Joe Buck, Troy Aikman broadcasted game. You know, they usually okay. broadcast it in Fox before. So the way that I see this is like, Joe, uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Burrow are pretty much just going to connect on how it is to be awesome quarterbacks in these pre-production meetings. Remember that stepbrothers um, dinner scene where mm-hmm. uh, Will Ferrell's stepdad was just in love with Will Ferrell's little brother, Derek? Yes. And he had that weird laugh. <laughs> and yes. the mom was like, I've never heard you laugh like that before. Yes. That's what I think Joe Buck is going to do with like Troy Aikman when him and Joe Burrow are talking. Oh, my like, God. They're just going to be essentially making out over yeah. being like top five picks and just like, like a bromance. Yeah, like a, a, an epic bromance. And uh, they're going to go out on a dinner date and it's like, hey, sorry, Joe Buck, you stay back. It's only for quarterbacks who have been in the Pro yep. Bowl. And they're just going to bro down. And like Joe Burrow has turned it on over the last two weeks. He is lighting teams up. Cleveland's defense is going to provide no resistance. So between the fact that it's Monday Night Football, Joe Burrow's first appearance, he's going to want to ball out against a division opponent who he's never beaten. And Hmm. the fact that they're still in the thick of the division race. In fact, they're second behind the Baltimore Ravens. So there's no reason to look ahead here, right? They're going to get full Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals motivation. Now, the only pro Cleveland Browns argument is primetime home dog division game right but like outside of that what do you have right yeah their defense is terrible they don't really have a their offense is shaky i just i wouldn't be able to trust the browns either i haven't bet a single matchup that involved cleveland because i just don't know where they are but uh, i'm with you there i would actually for this particular matchup look at a live betting opportunity hopefully maybe the browns can start pretty fast here and score first and then maybe you can get the Bengals at plus money because i don't know minus three and a half is a little iffy for me with the Bengals, but i i do like the cincy side that's the only side i would bet in this matchup yeah it started out three and it went to three and a half now where the line feels trappy usually is if you have a home or a road favorite that's laying three, the public is barreling into them and the books don't move it. The books moved it here. They're like, okay, all right. The Bengals are the better team. We're not going to front. If they're, if the Browns are going to, if the Bengals are going to cover, they're going to have to win by more than a field goal. So at least it moved past the key number, right? Because if mm-hmm. it didn't move past the key number, it's like, oh my God, since he's such fishy. a sucker play, <clears throat> yep. right? I mean, it still probably could be, right? I mean, obviously I know what I'm stepping into. I I, I, uh, I came, uh, I was honest about that beforehand, but I just think like between motivation and between, you touched on it, but the Cleveland defense is super overrated. Like, There's this narrative that Cleveland has a lot of talent on defense because Miles Garrett is unquestionably a top five pass rusher in the NFL, but like the Browns defense isn't talented. Miles Garrett is talented. And I just think Joe Burrow is going to light this defense up. Usually the spread doesn't play a factor in in the outcome of the the betting outcome. Like if you just pick the team to win, they're going to usually cover. So it is square, but 
I'm taking the Bengals minus three and a half. Yeah. Hey, not bad. I'd also, I'd also lay the points of the Bengals. <clears throat> now, my game here, my first game, the Ravens at Bucks. That's our Thursday night game. That's actually not too bad. And we're seeing the Ravens, what, minus one? I think a couple of days ago, I saw the minus one and a half. So the line did move a little bit. Total 45 and a half. This honestly, like I mentioned earlier, seems like a trap game. I mean, the Bucks have lost four of their last five games, failed to cover in all five of those games. Tom Brady not doing well in the field or behind closed doors. He's in no form to lead a team this season. Um, although the Ravens are not that much better as they're two, four and one against the spread this season. I feel like most of the trust would be in Baltimore over Tampa. Uh, I'm actually staying away from a side here, but if I had to bet it, I would look to the over and actually I, I might put a little bit on the over. Uh, Tampa has the fifth best scoring defense yeah and they're giving up the seventh fewest total yards but both teams are really capable of scoring uh baltimore is at the bottom of the list in both of those categories so i think this game should be somewhat exciting and i think the bucks could win this one wait are you picking the bucks what's your official pick my official pick is the over but uh i I like i think the bucks can win this one i think this is the the week that we're going to see a lot of the teams that have been underperforming the past several weeks maybe show up I don't hate it. The, the Baltimore injury report is pretty scary. You know, D- mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins is down for the year. Mark Andrews isn't practicing. Rashad Bateman hasn't practiced. Their left tackle, Ronnie Staley, hasn't practiced. So it it could be, I don't know if the Tampa Bay defense needs to bounce back, but it could be a nice, a nice game for the defense. But I don't hate the overlook because it feels like a lot of, a lot of the market has been burned by primetime overs, and now they're starting to bet yeah. the unders, like they did against Chicago, with the Chicago Bears New England Patriots game, which just soared over the total. So maybe yeah. there's some like pushback from the market, and and primetime games start going over the total. I thought yeah. you're going to take a side here. I was liking the Ravens, to be honest. I at first did, and then I'm like, minus one seems really, it's, it's basically a pick and it just, it didn't feel comfortable for me. Yeah. So that's why I had to look to a total, which I did mention earlier that I think a lot of my bets, I think for, yeah, most of them are, are totals here. Yeah, I, um, it does, fit, but you could talk yourself into it being fishy either way, right? Like how often yeah. is Tom Brady at home, dog? Of course, like the books are screaming, take Tom Brady here, exactly. but you can- you can also counter argument that with, well, the Bucks have looked like shit and it's just a coin flip game. So they're like begging for you to take the Ravens. I don't know. You can kind of like cross analyze this and, and just talk yourself in and out of every which way to bet this game. Yeah. It's a really like the matchup is very interesting and I definitely want action on it, but I don't know if I can trust a side. I think, I think I'm at the point where I'm overthinking who is going to cover um, and they've both been so bad at covering the season that I just kind of have to stay away from a side here. One of the things I want to ask you about though, is, so do you have faith that Tom Brady turns it around? Cause you like the over here. I do. I do. Especially with all the injuries on the, on the Baltimore side. And I think, I mean, of course we, we see regression and we see, you know, teams come back to life. So maybe he'll be revived this, this week. Okay. All right. I mean, it's not bad betting Tom Brady to get his shit together. That is that has usually made you money over the years. So yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, my thought is just like, if this guy's washed, 
Tampa Bay is absolutely screwed for the rest of the season, right? So if like mm-hmm. you can if you can pinpoint now, 2022 is like this is Tom Brady falling off, then it's probably wise to be fading the Bucks moving forward. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just too scared to to, to fade Tom Brady. I know. In prime yeah. time. And like I still a must don't want to do that. Yeah, I still don't want to do that even though they haven't covered in five straight games. All right, let's go to my next best bet, which really isn't any sharper. I'm laying the points on the road with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Houston Texans, and it's mostly narrative-based. In fact, really any bets that you make in favor of the Titans are narrative-based because their offensive numbers just always suck. Oh, mm-hmm. Sharps for the past five years have been fading the Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel based on the same quasi-fake Sharp logic, which is their yards per play isn't that good, and they don't put up a lot of points, and Ryan Tannehill is a below-average quarterback, which all of which could be true, right? But this team takes the—it's the, the, super cliche, but the team, the Titans— Take the identity of their coach. They're a tough team that's well-prepared and really bust their ass game in, game out. I don't know if you saw videos from the uh, post-game of the Titans, uh, last their, their victory last week against the Indianapolis Colts, but mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel was seen in the tunnel hugging the center, uh, Ben Jones, and they were both like crying in each other's arms. And Ryan Tannehill is walking around on a, has a walking boot. And just like the whole locker room is talking about how each one of their teammates are so tough and that they just play for each other and they want to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And this kind of all buckets under my preseason analysis for the Tennessee Titans. Every Tom, Dick, and Jerry with a sports betting podcast pegged the Tennessee Titans for regression for all the things we always talked about, right? But my feeling is that we could get like a Tennessee Titans like last dance effort. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel all looking at each other in the locker room like they don't think we could do it again. No one believes in us. And if you look at the two losses that the T- Tennessee Titans have taken this year, are they that bad? They lost They lost at home to the New York Giants. It looked really ugly first week, right? Giants are 6-1 and one now. Not, not so bad of a loss. They got yeah. absolutely embarrassed um, against the Buffalo Bills in prime time. I don't know about you. I throw that game out. Anytime the yeah. Buffalo Bills beat the shit out of a team, it's like, yeah, well, kind of saw that coming. That's kind of what they yeah. do, right? I I don't put that much stock in this game. Now, the question could be motivation. And I think the Titans are going to be motivated in this game because the Texans beat the Titans last season, if you remember. They upset them as 10-point mm-hmm. underdogs. And... They played him to a, a, a field goal game or a, a three-point final margin in their second meeting that the Tennessee Titans won. So they know the Texans can give them all they can handle. But Derrick Henry didn't play in either one of those games last year. Now, his last three games to the Texans, Minty, he's rushed for 200 yards at all three, and he has wow. seven touchdowns. Holy and crap. The tennis, the the Houston Texans, their run defense has not improved at all. Not over the last three years, they're still terrible. I think it's just a simple like we're gonna feed Derrick Henry, Henry. We're gonna pound the rock, and we're gonna do what we know works. 
and we're going to just try to beat the Texans and get out of town. It's only two. I think a lot of fake sharps or a lot of like people who are overthinking it, like you or I, are going to be like, you know, let's just take the Texans. Let's let's tease the Texans up, right? No way the Titans cover eight, and I think they I think they at least win by a field goal. So, oh, I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, I would be hammering the Titans as well, but I personally want no part in this game i have not really paid much attention to the houston texans at all are they good are they not probably not and the titans i mean this this division just seems very off to me so yeah i'm betting this entire division this i actually have a sick read on this division so but hey i hear you what's what's your next best bet though uh, next best bet, we are going Giants at Seahawks. Got Seahawks laying three at home. Uh, totals at 45. This one is tough. Uh, uh, the Giants and the Seahawks are actually good. I mean, their record is good. Uh, Seattle coming off an Im- impressive wins against their division rivals, while the Giants are six and one, like you mentioned earlier. And they're against, you know, they were against some decent teams, some not. Uh, I really think the Giants can keep this game close, but I also think everyone will be on the Giants given up the, given their straight up record. Uh, I'm going to wait a little closer to game day to see how the line moves, but I'm very interested in betting this game and very interested in betting the Giants plus three. I think that's a great number. Uh, they're the number one rushing offense in the league and the Seahawks are one of the worst teams defending against the run. How are they going to stop Saquon? I mean, he's recorded 70 or more rushing yards consistently in every game this season. I got to go Giants plus three over the Seahawks in Seattle. Wow. As a Giants fan, I really appreciate your support. Here. Ah, very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. Um, surprisingly, a lot of my friends are Giants fans and they've been cashing in on Giants money line about every week. So uh, maybe it's time I hop on this train. That don't sound like real Giants fans because real Giants fans don't bet on the Giants. We know we're they cursed. Don't. Correct. <laughs> no, they either don't kidding. or they'll invest everything they have in the Giants just to prove their love for the Giants. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> and it's paying off this year. I've bet at the Giants a couple of times. Hey, um, good for you. I do think I don't want to overreact to the first couple games, the first half right. of the season. But I think this coach, Brian Dable, is legitimate. I think he, I think he's got it going on. Yeah, I, I kind of think so, too. And I don't know, maybe it's just because we had such low expectations for them year after year and they're finally good. I don't know. I, I just this this division. Also, I can't get a good read on. I also question if the Eagles are a real legitimately good team or if they've just been going up against some bad teams. I, I can't get a good read on the Giants or the Eagles, but I really like the Giants in this spot this week. I have a take that I haven't told anyone yet. Here we go. I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. People are going to think this is ridiculous. They thought it was ridiculous last year. I look at the Philadelphia Eagles as like the Phoenix Suns of the NFL. Like I think they're going to win 12, 13 regular season games. Absolutely. They're going to look like the best team. They're going to get a bunch of public support. And then they're going to end up shitting their pants in the playoffs. That's that's my ultimate prediction. I can Um, see that. And I, I will admit, I've been wrong on Jalen Hurts. He looks awesome. That ta- that team is super talented, but mm-hmm. it usually takes a few playoff reps to to, to break through. And and while Philly does look like the best team in the NFC, I think they're going to go through a couple heartbreaks um, this next couple of years before they eventually make it through. 
So I absolutely agree. I think this might be, if they keep it going, this might be their best season for the next possibly decade or so. I don't, I don't think Jalen hurts is an elite quarterback quite yet. He has a lot of components. He still needs to work out on, but, uh, this could be a team to watch for in the future. I think they're just having a really good year. I do not think they can replicate it, though. I mean, this start is wild, uh, still undefeated, but I don't think they can do it again next year. Right. And their schedule has gone is going to go from soft to softer. So they're going to win a ton of games. No one, yeah. no one's arguing that. The last thing that I have on the Seahawks, going back to the whole Brian Dable thing, the Seahawks are four and three. Their wins are against the Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions. Um, Arizona Cardinals and Los Angeles Chargers. Three of those coaches I absolutely hate, and Pete Carroll has an epic coaching advantage over three of the four. The one that I don't really hate is Dan Campbell, but mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's definitely got a coaching edge over Dan Campbell. So oh, yeah. I think like he has a heavy coaching edge, a heavy coaching edge, and his four wins. Right? I don't think he has that big of a coaching edge against Brian Dable and. And any pushback that or pushback that I would I would give to anyone saying like that's eh, too soon for Brian Dable, while there is some truth in that, we're getting some confirmation bias on what he can do. What I mean by that is everyone looked at how Josh Allen excelled in Brian Dable's system and was mm-hmm. like, you know, if he can bring that to Daniel Jones, if he can bring that to the Giants, maybe he gets the most out of Daniel Jones. And that's exactly what's happening. Not a single Giants receiver has more than 200 receiving yards. They're running the ball with Daniel Jones. They, yep. They've they completely re- gotten rid of his turnover issue. This guy had like the most fumbles in the league through his first three years. He hasn't fumbled the ball once this year. So it's like, I think Brian Dable deserves the credit he's receiving. So Coach that's my... Of the year, maybe. Yeah, I just... As a Giants fan, I usually have to recuse myself from these type of games because, like, I'm always in a bet on them. I I I love my Giants. I can never, I can never bet against them. So yeah, no, I get it. Um, But I'm sticking in the NFC East here, and I'm going to. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Back a team that I uh, grew up hating. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the nine and a half with the Dallas Cowboys. Holy shit! Three straight favorites, three square plays. Oh no, this might be Faye Jeff Clark season. 
Um, <laughs> let me see. Is it still nine and a half? On I Giraffe Kings? see it as nine and a half still for me. Man. All right. Well, whatever. I'll take it at nine and a half. So, oh, it's currently off the board on DraftKings. I wonder what's what? up with that. Oh, well, on, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. On BetMGM, I'm still seeing it. So it's nine and a half here. <laughs> you can say that. But, okay, thank you. <laughs> everyone, we have promotional bonuses at DraftKings and points bet. So use those. But, BetMGM, what do they have it at? No, um, nine and a half. All right, cool. Well, we'll lay the nine and a half with the Dallas Cowboys. This is just your quintessential fade spot. The, the Chicago Bears coming off a big primetime road win where they outsmart the hoodie. They're getting nearly double digits versus a Dallas team that everyone's got eyeballs on, right? No one's not paying attention to Dallas, especially last week with Dak Prescott made his return to action. And I don't know if you paid attention to that game. Dallas looked like shit against Detroit. Detroit's defense is terrible. They only scored 24 points. It was a very uninspiring performance. So I don't think people look at the Cowboys-Lions score and like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys got to figure it out. So I do think it's a less public play than usual Cowboys uh, plays are. At least according to VEASAN, 70% of the money is on the Cowboys at DraftKings, but more than 60% of the bets are on the Bears. So Ooh. it looks like the pros are backing the Cowboys here and the public is backing the Bears off of a huge primetime home win where, again, they outsmarted the best defensive coach ever, right? So it's like, hey, maybe Justin Fields has got his shit together. Maybe this offense is trending up, but Dallas's defense is probably the best in the league. Like, Belichick might be the best defensive coach. Dan Quinn's doing a hell of a job as defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. They're talking about Micah Parsons as a possible MVP candidate. That's crazy. There's no way I would bet on that. But he's probably going to be the defensive player of the year. Like, he is nasty, right? Yeah. And people haven't talked about this because it's so fun to fade Dallas, right? Skip Bayless mm-hmm. is always talking shit about Dallas. Dallas America's team. They have an overrated home field advantage. It's fun fading Dallas. But it, what it hasn't been over the last two years is profitable. Dallas are 18-7 and seven against the number with a plus 5.ATS margin over the last two seasons. They're a momentum team. They're 11-5 and five against the number following a win. They're 11-1 and one against the number over the last two seasons versus teams with a losing record. They're 3-1 and one, uh, against the number when favored by seven or more points with a plus 11 ATS margin. And again, I don't think this is a very public play because most people saw the Cowboys shit struggle against the Detroit uh, Lions. Also, when you're playing, when a, a strong team is playing a weak team, again, the thing you have to look at is motivation. Dallas is in a fierce division race with the Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants. They need these games, right? I don't think they're looking past the the Bears this one, especially because they have a, ne- a bye week next week. So it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, we can empty the chamber and rest next week. Dak Prescott needs to quiet the Cooper Rush noise. Ezekiel Elliott needs to keep Tony Pollard from stealing his carries. And uh, I have a few more factors, but I'll just leave it at that. I like the Cowboys, and I think they're going to win by double digits. Yeah, I don't hate that, and I think you're absolutely right. I think the public's going to overreact to Chicago's win against New England uh, in New England. So yeah, at first I did look at the plus nine and a half of the bears, but 
I like the Cowboys this year. I have no issues betting on the Cowboys this year. I think defensively, they're very trustworthy. Offensively, they've got it. Uh, versus, you know, in years past, I also don't like the Cowboys, so I refused to bet on them. But uh, yeah, I do like it. I don't know if I personally would lay the nine and a half. Uh, again, maybe this is a good betting opportunity or live betting opportunity, but I really don't see Chicago getting ahead of Dallas in any situation. Also, let me throw a little tidbit out there that might not help your pick, but favorites of at least a touchdown this season are eight and 16 against the spread. So that's also why I'm very hesitant with these big spreads this, uh, this week. No, that's a fair point. I mean, if you just generally bet an underdog getting plus nine or plus seven or more then you're probably profitable in the NFL. So I don't hate that. I just think it could be a stats game for the Dallas defense. Like yeah. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, just light up that offensive line and Trayvon Diggs. Uh, I think all three of them are going to be just licking their chops against Justin Fields. But oh yeah, I I don't know. I warned everyone ahead of time. I warned you both via Twitter and when we started talking that my shit's square this week. So hey, it's okay. For mine, I'm moving on to Sunday Night Football. We got the Packers and the Bills. That's uh. I'm actually really excited about this one. Now the bills are 12 point favorites totals 47 and a half. It's such a rare year when we see the Packers look this bad and uh, I'm all over the bills this season, but no way I'd lay 12 points with the bills. Um, the only way I can bet on this game is to bet the over, but I have a strong lean towards the under, although Buffalo can score 48 points on their own. I don't think they're going to do that. This defense allowed the lowest passer rating of any team this season and the fewest total yards. Oddly, Green Bay's defense is allowing the fewest average passing yards. I really think we'll see a strong defensive game here. So I'm going to go under 47 and a half in this game. I think it's going to be pretty slow, a lot slower than people think. Um. Hmm. I'm going to find the team total on this one because you just kind of made me think of something. I think I think the Bills just beat the shit out of the Packers. I do. Okay. Like I wouldn't a- hate if that happened um, as long as it stays under, you know. But let's see. I think the team total is going to be ridiculous for the Bills. The Packers. No, I was going to go under the Packers team total. Oh, under the Packers. Like, I think their defense shows. Like, that's the thing is that, like, everyone's in love with Josh Allen. Rightfully so. Josh Allen's a man. Stefan Diggs. Right. That offense is sick. But the Bills' defense and acquiring Von Miller is, I think, what makes them like the number one Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion. So, yeah. So the team total, heavy juice on the under, according to DraftKings, for the Green Bay Packers is 17 and a half. Mm, wait, what do you, what, what number, uh, what's the line? What's the, is it minus 135? I'm seeing 135. Oh, I'm seeing minus 120. You're seeing minus oh. one thirty five on the on the. Uh, that was better GM. So yeah, maybe DraftKings has the better uh, number there. <laughs> okay, but still, that like kind of further yeah. backs up my point, right? Like I know it's pretty simple logic, but sports books want to make the sharper side more expensive, right? They want to kind of yeah, yeah. persuade you to go the other way. So I kind of yeah. look at like the pricey under here as like you know what that's probably the sharp side. Yeah, um, and I honestly don't even think the Packers can even score two touchdowns against the Bills on Sunday night. So I think this actually is kind of higher than I thought it would be, 17 and a half. Yeah, um, but I'm gonna I'm pulling I'm querying this right now. So 
the Bills, when they're favored by 10 or more over the last five seasons, they're allowing an average of 10.5 points per game in those matchups. They're they're 11 and 1 straight up, 7-3 and 2 against the number. To your point, the under cashes, the under it's a 4 and 8 to the under with a minus 4.8 total margin in those spots. So, Bills heavy favorite, they usually cover and typically the game goes under. Hmm. Okay, I like it. Yeah, that defense is so stout. I just really like it. I, I think they're really going to limit Green Bay here. Um, hopefully not everyone is thinking that way too, <laughs> or else that's trouble for me. Right. But uh, yeah, I hope we don't see a resurgence of Aaron Rodgers in this game. Uh, but if we do, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because I'm not laying the points with the, the Bills. I don't see it. I don't see it with Aaron Rodgers. I here's another take that I have. Um, these statue quarterbacks are effed right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson's yeah. running a little bit more. The fact yes. of the matter is the game is faster, and if you can't run, you are screwed. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams. He doesn't have the receiving core that he can trust where he can get rid of the ball fast. And he's definitely not going to make any plays with his legs. And just like the bills are on a mission, right? Like they got, Mm -hmm. they, they, they lost in a very disappointing way last year in the postseason. And I think they're just going to bury teams, especially on prime time. So you yeah. just kind of talked me into this, but um, I'm Woo-hoo. I'm taking under Green Bay Packers 17 and a half points. Yeah, on, uh, I actually really like that too. I uh, might bet that myself, kind of going back and forth here on the full game total or the Green Bay Packers total. But uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, they've only, in those 12 games, they've only allowed more than 17 and a half points twice. I love it. I love it. Good work today, Minty. All right. Thanks, thanks. Um, uh, my fourth best bet. I think it's my fourth. I'm kind of losing track here. Yeah, it yeah, should too. be my fourth. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to lay the three as they host the Washington Commanders. I just want to make sure I'm kind of stalling here. No, it's two and a half. Nice. I get it at two and a half, right? So, like I said earlier, I have like an awesome read in the AFC South. I have successfully bet three straight Indianapolis Colts games. I bet them to cover against Denver. I bet them to beat Jacksonville. And then I bet the Titans to beat them last week. And I think the two games that the Colts won and covered, they got, or not not won, but the two games that they covered, they got extremely lucky. Like yeah. they, like the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, win that the Colts had was one of the flukiest games I think we've ever seen. The Matt Ryan was 10 of 15 on third down conversions. He he threw it 55 times, right? Had by far his best game of the season. And mm-hmm. if, it, if you watch the game, which I'm assuming you didn't, who watches Colts Jaguars? I watched it because <laughs> I had an unreasonable amount of money on it. But, like, it looked like a Disney movie out there for Matt Ryan. Like, it yeah. was just straight luck. Everything was luck, right? And then... Things caught up to him against the Titans. He looked terrible. Those two picks were egregiously bad. And right. and the Indianapolis Colts are, are kind of over it, right? So they sat him. They sat, they're sat. they sitting him for uh, Sam Ellinger, I think is how you pronounce right. it. Yep. And a lot of people are like, well, I think the Colts are tanking. 
the Colts are not tanking. Like this is Frank Reich's um, Frank Wright's effort to save his job. Now, the owner of the Colts went as far as to say, this is ridiculous, but he went as far as to say Matt Ryan is comparable to Peyton Manning, which is an egregious thing to say. And mm. Frank Reich responded the next day. He was like, yeah, I'm actually going to bench that guy. <laughs> oh like God. that kind of act of defiance against the owner. Like if the Colts get embarrassed this week, Frank Reich is fired. Like if yeah. you think the Washington Commanders are beating the Indianapolis Colts, don't even bet the Washington Commanders. Bet Frank Reich to be the next coach fired. Because he's gone if they lose this game, right? Yeah, and yeah. everyone's in love with the Taylor Heineke thing and the Washington Commanders because That's they right. just beat Green Bay. But we just talked about how bad Green Bay is. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a nice win, but they were at home, right? They get a, a different quarterback who the team is more excited about. I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to get a boost from this quarterback who's definitely more mobile. That's another thing that we just talked about that right. I think factors into this game. It's just going to add another dynamic to the to the, to the the game plan for Frank Wright to work with and a game that's, frankly, a must-win for him, for his job, for the Indianapolis Colts season. And this team has a number of vets who've played for Frank Reich for years. Frank Reich is supposedly beloved by his players. I think they show up in this game. I really do. And it's it's the it's actually I think the sharpest pick that I have right now. Yeah. 66% of the money and 68% of the bets are on the Washington Commanders. So, uh public dogs get slaughtered. I think the Indianapolis Colts save Frank Reich ranks Frank Reich's job this week and they they get a win that's where i'm that's where i'm going with my uh my second to last best bet very bold very bold i don't know how i feel about this game because you're right taylor heineke has i remember taylor heineke as the rest of us do when he covered against brady back in Man, just a couple years ago in the playoffs, I don't remember what game that was. It was but. the it was the NFC Wild Card matchup. Remember they was the it? Bucks won the Super Bowl as the Wild Card, and they had there to go, go to Washington because Washington wanted just a dog shit NFC East. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think a lot but of people are going to be on the Commanders. He's still living on all that. Yeah, right? he's still living on all that. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but man, it's risky to lay points with a rookie starting quarterback. But uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it'll play out, though. So hopefully for the Colts they win because I, I do like the Colts uh, here in this spot. But I don't know if I trust betting them just yet. So you're kind of making me feel better because you're right. It is risky, but that's how you like. That's how you win money in the yeah. NFL. It's like that's this you, kind of like I don't even want to watch this. I'm just gonna bet it and just hope it wins type game. And yeah, you gotta bet the ugly games that no one really wants to bet on, or the ugly teams no one wants to bet on, or can't trust yet. You have yeah. to get ahead of it before the line adjusts to how good they actually are. So. Yeah, and everyone who bets the Colts is like, if the Colts lose, I'm gonna feel like a moron. And everyone with a a public platform that's giving out the Colts like I'm doing right now is like, oh, I'm going to really look like an idiot. So it's like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of like blowing smoke up my own ass, like patting myself in the back saying this is a sharp pick, but I feel like it's the sharpest side that I have yeah. this far. So you got to be confident in your picks. Um, okay. This is my best bet of the week. Love oh it. man. 
I'm uh, a little nervous here. I, I think, yeah, this one's my best bet of the week. Uh, we're going cards, Vikings. Uh, I think a lot of people would go with the Vikings in this matchup. But when I last checked, there is a slight lean for for the Cardinals here. There's a bit more love for Arizona here. Uh, Minnesota is coming off a nice early bye week. Uh, they've won four straight games, but interestingly enough, only covered in three of those wins. Uh, they look unstoppable in the last few weeks. The Cardinals, though, as road underdogs, they've won and covered in eight straight games in that situation. I always love betting on Arizona as dogs, but they are so ugly this season. I do have a strong lean with the Cardinals to cover, but I like the over. That is my play at 49. Uh, it's, you know, I think that's pretty high. 49 is kind of a high total now that I think of it. But the Cardinals defense, they're allowing 25 points per game. The only good thing going for them is that Kyler takes care of the ball fairly well. And this team, this team has the second fewest turnovers. But both of these offenses are pretty similar in terms of scoring and average yardage. So I like the over, and I would not bet it any higher than... 50 and a half, but I love the over at 49. Nice. Um, the market steamed up from 47 and a half to 49. So, Eesh. okay. So it's already moved and I still like the number. So I, well, I didn't mean to put that in a bad way. I'm saying no, no, like no. the, the market is going along your side of things and that's not mm -hmm. necessarily a bad thing. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. um, just because we're a little late to the party doesn't mean it's not a, it's not a winning bet. Um, and I do, I do agree with you that both teams have a very similar identity where they just have like superstar number one wide receivers yes, and quarterbacks that really need their superstar wide number one wide receivers to ball out. But um, Arizona just got a huge offensive boost by Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Hopkins, excuse <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, um, <laughs> returning to the lineup uh, last week. That offense looked much better. I mean, that guy can beat coverage against anyone. So yeah. Arizona's offense improved week over week. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Man, I want to bet on the Cardinals. Man, no, I want to bet on the, I don't know. It's the sidewise, <laughs> like I'm so torn because I do want the Cardinals to win. I mean, I want them to keep going their, you know, eight straight up wins as road dogs. Uh, but man, the Vikings look good. And I'm really surprised why, why there's more love coming in on the Cardinals here. So I think, so according to VEASAN, this is DraftKings, 80% of the money is on the Cardinals. According to pregame, which is across the market, 54% of the money is on the Cardinals. Yeah. So the Cardinals are the public side. We just talked about public dogs getting slaughtered. The only guess that I have for that is just like, the Cardinals had their best offensive performance in D Hop's first game back on primetime yeah. TV. And there you, go. you have the road ATS splits and the extended rest and prep time, you know, because yeah. they played last Thursday. That's oh, you're right. That's like the pro Arizona argument, you know. There you go. So um my best bet, I'm going to the uh I'm going with the London Jaguars minus two and a half and their the annual T <laughs> their annual T and Crumpets game. Um, I actually really bet the London games. Uh, I, I bet them very successfully. And usually the, the first factor that I look to in these games is the coaching. And we have a, an epic coaching mismatch. Nathaniel Hackett just, just doesn't, doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And that's, I think the nicest way to put it. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot meaner things that can be said. He didn't hire a staff with any experience, like his entire staff. It was their first time in their roles. Remember when like Sean McVay 
hired Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator, old ass Wade Phillips, because he's like, hey, I just need someone who's been here before to help me yeah. out here. Right? It's like kind of common sense that Nathaniel Hackett didn't do. Um, Jacksonville, as an organization, is obviously very familiar with this London routine. They've done it every single year except for 2020, the COVID, the COVID year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they beat Miami 23-20 last season and Trevor Lawrence's first ever win. Um, and Doug Peterson coached Philadelphia to a 24-18 win in London versus Jacksonville in 2018. So he's familiar with the trip, right? Um, my website, outkick.com, uh, they just reported earlier today that Russell Wilson is being a pain in the ass in the private jet on the way to London. He's like working out in the middle of the aisle while 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 everyone's trying to I sleep. I saw that. I saw a tweet about that. <laughs> I didn't see the video or anything though, but I just scrolled through it and I wasn't sure what it was about. But yeah, he's uh, getting a little crazy this year. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, what? I, who knows if that story is specifically accurate? But we get the gist of the Russell Wilson Denver experience. It's not working out. None of the players like identify with him. He's not he's not someone anyone's going to rally behind. He says cringy weird shit in post-game press conferences. And I think it's an absolute buy low spot for Jacksonville. They've lost four straight. They couldn't mm-hmm. cover in any of those losses, but they outgained their opponents in two of those four games. They held a double digit lead against the Philadelphia Eagles before puking all over themselves. And they lost two coin flip games to the Indianapolis Colts and the New York Giants in back to back weeks. Now, as a Giants fan, I can confidently say the Jaguars actually outplayed us last last week. They just mm-hmm. made mistakes, specifically Travis Etienne fumbling as he's running towards the goal line. Right, like they should have beat us. They, the the Jaguars, excuse me, out schemed the, the New York Giants. So to me, that loss is just uh, further like disguises Jacksonville as a sharp play. Also, Jacksonville has. A plus 10 in first down differential. Denver's minus 7 in first down differential. And Denver could be without four starters. They lost left tackle Cam Fleming, outside linebacker Brandon Browning. Javante Williams, the running back, he was lost a couple weeks ago. But that just means Melvin Gordon gets the ball more. Melvin Gordon's terrible. And Russell Wilson might not play. He missed last week. So they're down with four starters and a... in a in a foreign land, literally, uh, with a rookie head coach against a seasoned veteran head coach, which most of the, most of the market likes, I'm gonna take the Jaguars here. Yeah, I would absolutely take the Jaguars as well. The Broncos have a ton of ACL tears uh, going on with them, so you're right; they have a ton of injuries. And what is Wilson? Is Russell Wilson starting um, this week in London? I heard he wasn't. But now I, I'm reading that he intends to start. So who knows? But regardless, I, I don't think this team is complete. I don't think this team is ready. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Coaching, definitely not of the same level. So I'm surprised Jacksonville is only minus two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely would would bet on the Jags here. I like that play a lot. Yeah, just the London thing adds so many more variables to the mm-hmm. coaching job that I just don't trust Nathaniel Hackett to handle. The media obligation, the traveling cross seas, keeping the team focused. And quite frankly, I don't care who starts for the Denver Broncos at quarterback. I think this is a rollover game. This is like, you know what? 
our 2022 is over. We're going to get our yeah. asses whooped by Jacksonville this week. You really can't turn it around at this point. It's just very unlikely. That not in that be. division. Not with the way the Chiefs are playing. Like, yeah. not in yeah. that conference. Like, I mean, they lose this game. The wild card's over. The The, the division's already a wrap. But the wild card yeah. is, is over. So, well, that's it. We did some good work here. Gave out, covered nine games. Gave out nine best bets. I think we're going to go at least seven and two. But I'm going to have the two losers. You're going to go four and oh. No, <laughs> Very generous of you, Jeff. Very generous. <laughs> I'm hoping we do really well. In the end, I hope we just both profit at the end of the week. That's all that matters. I'm trying to get rich. Yeah, I'm trying to not live in Las Vegas and live somewhere, you know, like on a farm in Vermont somewhere. Okay. <laughs> well, I and live have in like Long a Be- nice. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I live in Long Beach, California. You know how expensive my effing rent is? I need to win money here. I need to win yeah. money. Right. I can only imagine. <laughs> Where can people follow you and, and, and find your stuff? Yeah, guys, uh, check out the Yahoo Sports app for all scores, betting splits, betting articles and videos, and follow me on Twitter at MintyBets. And if you want to follow Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter as well. We'll get you in here for one more regular season uh, handicap, right? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the season's going pretty well so far. Um, but yeah, yeah. Catch me on a winning week and then hopefully we'll have another winning week to talk about. <laughs> All right, cool. Everyone be sure to follow Minty Sports on, on uh, Twitter. Um, please access the Outkick Bets promotions uh, via Outkick.com backslash bet. You can get promotions at DraftKings Sportsbook and PointsBet Sportsbook. And we also, again, now offer a promotional bonus for uh, anyone who wants to start up with prize picks and play some daily fantasy, use Outkick Bets as the promo code and receive 100% instant deposit. Uh, please show us some love on social media. Leave me a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Again, follow Minty. Uh, but until week nine, peace out. Peace out.